You are Locked On Balls, your daily Tennessee Volunteers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Balls, your team every day. My name is Josh Ward. Thank you for being here today. There's a lot of football to get to here in the first couple of segments of the show. The hype continues to surround Tennessee's football team in terms of the program's chance to move forward in year three with Jeremy Pruitt. I'm going to get to that in the second segment of the show. There's another projection out there putting Tennessee in the top 20 for 2020. I'll get to that in segment number two. Before that, though, Trey Smith received a big honor a couple of nights ago. He was named the Jason Witten Collegiate Man of the Year. And, of course, you have the Tennessee connection there with Jason having played at Tennessee, and he's still in the NFL. Uh, It looks like trying to figure out where he's going to play this upcoming season. Does he return to Dallas, or could he go somewhere else? But Trey winning the Man of the Year Award for collegiate players was a big honor. Trey gave an inspirational speech after being presented the award. You're going to hear that in segment number one. You're going to hear Jeremy Pruitt talk about Trey, not the football player. We know he's a great player, and I'll talk a little bit about that. But before that, about the person. Jeremy Pruitt on that in segment number one. And then I'll close out today's show with some Tennessee basketball as Rick Barnes will talk about the future a little bit, as well as the veterans that he is challenging to kind of push Tennessee forward. I'll get to all of that right here on Locked on Vols. It's available anywhere you listen to podcasts, Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, the third-party apps as well. We're back up on Himalaya. I'm not sure what happened on Monday and Tuesday, but I appreciate the messages about what was going on there. The show appears to be back on Himalaya and anywhere you listen to your podcast. Locked on Vols is here five days a week covering what's going on with Tennessee. And most of the conversation here has to do with football on the field, basketball on the court, but there is the off-field conversation. And unfortunately, when off-field talk pops up, something bad has happened. But that's not the case with Trey Smith. Trey Smith off the field has continued to be a leader for the university. Uh, David Ubbin had a story earlier this week in The Athletic about his time down at the Super Bowl in South Florida with several other Tennessee students and a few student-athletes. And the opportunity that was there for Trey, who a year from now should be playing in the NFL. He, of course, bypassed the NFL draft opportunity this year to come back to Tennessee for his senior year. But when you think about what Trey has had to go through with his health issues, his the loss of his mother uh, several years before he arrived at Tennessee, and what he's had to do to try to go out and play football for Tennessee, and then to go out and play at a really high level, it just all adds up to be a tremendous story, and that's why he was named the Jason Witten Collegiate Man of the Year, and I wanted you to hear his speech because I think we can all take something from it. Listen to Tennessee's offensive lineman, Trey Smith, speaking after being presented the award. He was emotional, had to compose himself before giving this speech, and it was incredibly well done. First and foremost, I want to give God the ultimate praise and glory. Without him, I wouldn't be here. Um, I want to thank my family. I want to thank my friends. I want to thank the University of Tennessee Medical, uh, academic, and obviously coaching staff for being here with me tonight. Um, the whole time I was flying over here, and as soon as I woke up this morning, um, it's just one moment last year just kept bringing me back, bringing me back, you know. Um, I was with my family, and I just visited doctors, and they're like, you know, man, hang it up, man. Like, you're done playing football. This is it. You know, something you dreamed about as a kid, a promise you make to your mom on her deathbed, hearing that it's, it's done, you know, it's devastating. But, you know, 
we had our University of Tennessee football banquet, and when it was said and done, uh, Coach Pruitt wanted to talk to my dad and my sister and I. We wanted to have a meeting, just see where we stood. And I remember sitting on his couch crying, you know. Um, you know, we were talking about everything was going to go down. Um, and I just kept thinking about this moment. I'm like, man, it's not over yet. You know, God put a vision inside of me that night and that whole week saying, you know what, man, I don't care what it says, you know, I have more glory, I have more honor for you. See, God had a bigger purpose for me. I told Coach Pru, I looked him in his eye, I go, you know what, I don't know why I feel this way. I don't know why, what's telling me to do this, but I know I'm going to play next year. I know I'm going to play well. I know it's going to happen. You know, Coach Pruitt supported me every step of the way. He told me, you know, man, don't change anything. Just keep trying. Act like your season's coming up. Just keep going, keep going. For about five months, man, I was in the weight room, busting my butt every day, not knowing if it was going to pay off. When my time came, man, I was ready to go. I was ready to go this season. And I'm so thankful to be up here with y'all. But, you know, it's not about me. It's about all the people involved in my life. It's about all the people, all of you guys here, who we all can impact. We have to impact people while we have this time on earth. That's what it's really about. That's what's most important. As I write this next chapter of my journey, I have a lot of work to do. I thank you all for allowing me to receive this award. God bless you all. How impressive was that? And how great was that message that Trey delivered there about inspiring and making a difference and making an impact? I can assure you Trey is doing that every day. And I know I've said it before, but there is no better example of someone giving his all for Tennessee than Trey Smith and what he's done the last couple of years. And also, you've probably heard somebody say before, no matter what happens with Trey's football career, he's going to be successful in life. And hearing him talk right there helps explain why, helps show why Trey is so respected by so many people. And that's something that Jeremy Pruitt talked about meeting with the media not that long ago when Trey was announced as a nominee for the Jason Witten Collegiate Man of the Year Award. So before he had won the award, when he was nominated for it, Listen to what Tennessee's head coach had to say about Trey Smith, the person. Take the football out of it, you know, take the football out of it. Um, you, you won't find a better representative, uh, number one, of his family. Uh, you know, if you, you met uh, Henry and Ashley, you, you, you see uh, the type of people that, that Trey has, has come from, their family, a wonderful family, great representative of not only his family but uh, the University of Tennessee, uh, he loves the University of Tennessee. Uh, he puts others first, you know. In this day and time, it's 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 um, that's unusual, um, especially with the circumstances that he's been put under. I mean, um, the guy you talk about poise and and awareness and uh, awareness of other people's feelings. And uh, I can't say enough about Trey. Uh, just the type person individual that he is and um you know he 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 does a fantastic job uh in anything that he touches uh whether it's on the field off the field in the classroom he's what college football is all about I couldn't agree more that's Tennessee head coach Jeremy Pruitt talking about Trey Smith and on the field he is terrific and Trey has big aspirations on the field look at the way that he plays he goes out there and uh, he plays, he, he takes a violent approach on the field. In fact, when he met with the media to announce that he was coming back for his senior year, one of the things he talked about was maybe needing to tone it down at times. He, he did pick up a few personal foul penalties last season, but as a player, he has as much talent, as much potential 
as much ability as anybody really playing on the offensive line in college football, and he really wants to win. I know he's proud of what Tennessee did this past season. He wants to do even more. So when we have the conversation this offseason about guys who will be leaders on Tennessee's football team, guys who will help replace that emotional leadership that was there with Juwan Jennings, isn't the first name we should be mentioning on offense, Trey Smith. There are other guys that will have that chance. Jarrett Garantano's a fifth-year senior, Brandon Kennedy. He's actually a sixth-year senior, a third-year player in Tennessee's program. Brandon Johnson's coming back, Josh Palmer's seniors. But if you think about guys being vocal, guys uh, leading with the way that they play, Trey is at the top of the list. He's also probably Tennessee's best player. So that has to factor into it as well. So congratulations to Trey Smith. Uh, I would say a guy that's very deserving of the honor he received the other night, the Jason Witten Collegiate Man of the Year Award. Coming up next, I'll get to Tennessee on the field. Trey Smith coming back is a reason that Tennessee is moving up in projected rankings for 2020. The Vols are in another top 20. I'll tell you about that coming up next on Locked On Vols, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Several days ago, I talked about updated rankings from ESPN's SP Plus and Colin Wilson's power ranking from Action Network, both having Tennessee in the top 25 for the 2020 season. I know ESPN's way too early top 25 that was ranked had Tennessee inside the top 25. I think that ranking had Tennessee at number 25. The SP Plus had Tennessee at number 19, and then Colin Wilson had Tennessee a few spots behind that, but still in the top 25. Well, another measure has come out for 2020, and this is all subject to change. These are not official rankings. This is not the Associated Press poll or uh, the coaches poll coming out. But the ESPN FPI, the Football Power Index, has been updated. And the preseason 2020 ranking released earlier in the week had Tennessee at number 19. So Tennessee was in the same spot as the SP Plus ranking from Bill Conley, also of ESPN. So two different kind of analytical, statistical measurements of Tennessee putting the Vols inside the top 20 for 2020. And this does not mean Tennessee is going to be a preseason top 20 team with the polls coming out, but I do think Tennessee will have a good chance to be a top 25 team. And the FPI and the SP Plus do differ a little bit, which I like. It gives you a little variation, which we're going to see in conversation as well. The SP Plus has Alabama as the number one team in the country. The FPI has Clemson, number one. Alabama is actually number four, according to the Football Power Index. Looking at the teams that Tennessee will play, Alabama is number four. Oklahoma is actually the highest-ranked opponent that Tennessee will play, according to the Football Power Index. The Sooners are number three. That seems a little high to me, considering the key defenders that the Sooners have to replace, plus another quarterback working in and C.D. Lamb being gone as well, a really talented wide receiver. And on offense, I expect that Lincoln Riley is going to have them ready to go. But sometimes that is easier said than done. Anyway, Oklahoma is number three. Alabama is number four. Georgia is number 10. So the football power index is much lower on Georgia than the SP+. The SP Plus had Georgia ranked at number four. So the football power index has Georgia six spots below the SP+. And then Florida is number 11. So those are all still impressive rankings. But the SP Plus has four Tennessee opponents in the top eight. Football power index has two in the top eight, four in the top 11. So still difficult. And this is one 
analysis of the upcoming season. And again, it's all subject to change. The football power index will probably have some different numbers by the time we get to August. But Tennessee at number 19, that's not far off from where Florida and Georgia are with the FPI. Now, I'd say it's still in order of what the predicted order of finish will be. I think Georgia will probably be picked to win the East. I think Florida will probably be picked second. And I'm sure that Tennessee will be picked third. Tennessee's not going to be picked lower than number three. And I can't imagine that Tennessee would be picked ahead of Florida and Georgia going into the season. I think most people are going to say, okay, Tennessee, you've improved. That's why you're number three. You need to knock off one of these teams to move up in, or at least projections, for the SEC Eastern Division. And then looking at other opponents because Tennessee is not in a spot where it can just say all right we're gonna line up and show up and we'll just beat everybody else Kentucky comes in at number 33 and South Carolina is number 34 in the football power index ranking so Tennessee is 14 spots and 15 spots ahead of Kentucky and South Carolina there is a drop off in in competition for Tennessee after that Missouri comes in at number 53 that's a game in Knoxville that, of course, Tennessee should be able to win. And then Arkansas is number 66. And I think Sam Pittman has impressed people with what he's been able to do early on in recruiting, and I'm sure he's going to bring a tough mindset. But when you compare the personnel, it should be a runaway, and these numbers would back that up. Arkansas, Tennessee's other Western Division opponent, it is on the road, but Arkansas is number 66 behind schools like BYU, Arizona Duke, and Illinois, just ahead of Oregon State, Maryland, and Wake Forest for this upcoming season. And then Vanderbilt is not expected to be a very good football team this upcoming season. Vanderbilt comes in at number 81 in the ranking according to the FPI. So what does this all mean? Right now, it's just, it's again, one opinion out there. You can find this, you can find the Action Network, you'll find Sporting News with a top 25 for this upcoming season. And not all are going to have Tennessee in the top 25. I think my big takeaway would be that so far, the majority of opinions say that Tennessee should make a jump. On Sports 180, we talked about bounce back teams, and Tennessee is a regular season 7 and 5 team. I think should be either a bounce back candidate or a candidate for teams that are on the rise. And Tennessee's on a list of schools that have kind of been talked about that way a lot over the last few years. Nebraska is one of those schools. Well, the Football Power Index expects Nebraska to finally make a jump this year as the Cornhuskers come in at number 22 in the Football Power Index. Schools like Tennessee, Nebraska, USC in the Pac-12, and this is a big year for Clay Helton. Texas, Texas has not been as far down as Tennessee, but it did take a step back this past season. It needs to make a big jump for this upcoming year. The Football Power Index has Texas at number seven. So Tom Herman's team, a projected top 10 team, according to the FPI. And then uh, Florida State, new coach, its first year there for Mike Norvell, but expectations are probably going to rise for him quickly. And then Miami, those programs are all in a a similar bubble of conversations. Not all the same. Texas, again, has won more than Tennessee more recently. It just beat Georgia in the Sugar Bowl at the end of the 2018 season. But still, the program has massive expectations and fans expect more. It has massive resources. Texas, Tennessee, uh, those are programs, Florida State, where they get the support to go out and win, and then can you do it? So that comes back to a lot of what I mentioned on a show a few days ago about the Financial support is there for Jeremy Pruitt. Philip Former has provided the resources that Jeremy Pruitt needs to succeed. 
the ability to go put together a staff he wants, the ability to support his strength staff to stay, Craig Fitzgerald and and those strength coaches who are very much involved right now with what Tennessee's football team will be for this upcoming season. Then you think about facilities, support staff people. That All of that adds up for Tennessee to be in a position where it can go out and win. And most projections right now expect that to be the case for Tennessee. We'll still be asking the same questions. Is the offensive line going to be better? Will Tennessee have enough playmakers on offense? How will Jarrett Garantano play at quarterback? Can Harrison Bailey push him? All of those questions, I covered those in segment number two of the show on Wednesday, so recommend you go back and, and check that out if you missed it. But Tennessee, overall, I think it has a deeper roster. It has a coaching staff that has dealt with changes the last few years, but you do have both coordinators coming back for this upcoming season to go with Jeremy Pruitt. And actually, an interesting note there, while there are a number of staff changes, both last year and this year, Will Shelton of Game Day on RockyTop.com brought this up on Sports 180 the other day. This year, going into the 2020 season, is actually the first time since 2014, Butch Jones' second season, that Tennessee will have the same offensive and defensive coordinator in consecutive seasons. In 2015, Mike DeBoard was hired to be the offensive coordinator. In 2016, Bob Shoup was hired to be the defensive coordinator. In 2017, Tennessee replaced its offensive coordinator. In 2018, you had new coordinators on both sides with Jeremy Pruitt coming in. And then last year, Jim Chaney took over as OC and then Derek Ansley was hired. So this is the first time in six years that Tennessee will have the same offensive and defensive coordinator in back-to-back years. That's pretty remarkable. And that's something that could help Tennessee and the players understand what they're being asked to do even with new assistant coaches either coming in or moving to different positions, in Brian Niedermeyer's case with the inside linebackers, and Joe Osavet coaching tight ends. So the ESPN Football Power Index has Tennessee at number 19. If you want to look over the entire list, I'll put a link into the show notes, and you can check it out yourself. Coming up next on Locked on Balls, I will shift to Tennessee basketball a couple of days away from Tennessee playing at Auburn. Auburn with another loss on Wednesday night, and there's a player there for the Tigers that is really important to watch heading into the game. You'll also hear from Rick Barnes talking about the future for Tennessee basketball and the challenge that a couple of former Vols gave this year's team after the game against Vanderbilt on Tuesday night. That's coming up next right here on Locked On Vols, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. If you heard Rick Barnes' comments after the game against Vandy on Tuesday, you probably would have thought that Tennessee lost the game. He was really unhappy, called the performance pathetic and ridiculous and sloppy, all all those different things. And uh, it it did apply. It was a game where Tennessee could have lost. Tennessee could have lost in embarrassing fashion, but it did get out of there with a win. And while getting to the NCAA tournament right now looks like a tremendous long shot, Tennessee still has to go out and play these games. And if it can pick up some wins against these teams, well, they're going to be quality wins, and it could potentially give the tournament selection committee something to pay attention to. Auburn lost to Georgia on Wednesday night, and Georgia has had a terrible season in SEC play. The loss against Georgia is the second consecutive loss for Auburn. The Tigers fell at Missouri this past weekend. Auburn has lost both of those games without really talented freshman Isaac Okora. He's missed the last couple of games because of a hamstring injury. He was at the Georgia game with Auburn, so he did travel, but he did not give it a go. My guess would be that he tries to play on Saturday and that holding him out 
Wednesday night was probably an attempt to make sure they didn't risk anything and to give them a few more days to get ready. But that'll be something to pay attention to. Auburn without Okoro is clearly not as good of a basketball team with two losses against two of the bottom five teams in the conference. Either way, Tennessee is going to be an underdog against Auburn. And right now, I'm not sitting here at all trying to tell you that Tennessee is going to go win that game. But if Georgia and Missouri can beat Auburn, Tennessee can absolutely beat Auburn. And a lot of it's going to come back to how Tennessee plays, what Tennessee's mindset is. After the game against Vanderbilt on Tuesday night, Admiral Schofield and Lamonte Turner spoke to the Tennessee basketball team. Turner's actually still a part of this team, just not playing. Admiral, of course, is now in the NBA with the Washington Wizards. Rick Barnes talked about the message from the two guys who played in a lot of big games for Tennessee, what they told this basketball team. Well, I think the biggest thing, they said a couple of really good things where they were saying, hey, we were right where you guys are when we were sophomores, the exact same place, exact same place, except we had Robert Hubbs, who had really been our security blanket that, that, that year, and, and we were right where we were, and then he got hurt, and, you know, his last five, six games, he, was, he couldn't play. He tried, he gave us everything he had. Well, we haven't had a security blanket since Lamonte went out. You know, he was our defensive guy. He was the guy that in competitive situations, like, you know, you knew you had a guy that was going to make something happen and had been through it. And uh, they and they talked about it, okay? We were there, and then we had to figure out how to break through. And that's where this team is right now. And how do you break through? You don't break through by playing well when things are going well. You break through by playing every possession like every possession matters. And, again, you don't have to be perfect. You don't. But you cannot be sloppy and walk around like, you know, it's not that big a deal. You can't turn the ball over the way we turn it over. You can't do that. You can't give 10 – like we had 10 turnovers against South Carolina, and that's to take nothing away from them. That had nothing to do with anything other than us being careless with the ball. And then tonight at the end, you know, I thought we thought the game was over like a bunch of immature guys and got sloppy, and the next thing you know, you're in a battle. As you can tell, Rick Barnes was not holding back talking about his team – after the game, and he also talked about veterans that he expects to lead. Eve Pons, who's not 100% healthy, and a lot of guys probably are not, but he played a lot of minutes the other night. Eve Pons and John Fulkerson, and their numbers were still good, what they were able to do against Vanderbilt the other night. But Rick talked about big picture with Tennessee basketball into the future. These guys are, you know, they're all coming back, or at least projected to come back, besides Jordan Bowden. But he's trying to get more out of them right now. Rick Barnes talking about Eve Pons and John Fulkerson and the future of Tennessee basketball with those guys leading the way. You know, I don't ever talk about next year and all that, but we realize these guys are going to be the guys we've got to develop over the next couple of years. And they have developed. They have learned that it's – and I say this, and I'm not sure I'm right, I don't know yet if they truly understand when you are being game planned for every single night how hard it is to be a good player every single night. And that's something that both of those guys are learning. Do they have it right now? I don't think totally. And now they do a, a lot of things that are really good, but at the, this time of year, this is when those guys have got to be elite for us. And uh, we need uh, – Again, I can understand some of the things that Santi and Josiah, the freshman young guys, do, even Olivier and Euros. But those two guys have played enough, been in enough big games that uh, 
and we're going to put it in there. And, every, and you know what? Everybody knows we are. I mean, there's no secrets this time of year. And w as we get it there, we're counting on those guys. They're not going to make them all, but they got to make the easy ones. And uh, we started the game with about as easy a shot as you could get, and we, we couldn't make it. And I, think it. and I think when you start missing them right there, I think it can mess with your head if you're not mentally tough enough to, to handle it. We'll see how Tennessee handles this tough stretch. Two games against Auburn, a game at Arkansas, a game at Kentucky, and a home game against Florida in between those. It's not an easy stretch by any means, but considering Tennessee's record, it needs games against highly ranked teams, and it will get one of those coming up on Saturday against Auburn. On tomorrow's show, I'll do more of a preview of the game on the road against Bruce Pearl's team, and Auburn's going to go in not desperate because Auburn's in the NCAA tournament, but having lost to Missouri and Georgia in the past week, the Tigers really don't want to lose a third straight against Tennessee, especially at home. Auburn has not lost at home this season either. So Tennessee will go in as an underdog on Saturday, rightfully so. And Isaac Okoro's status will be really important. It'll be a huge factor in the game. And it's something we may not know until the two teams actually go out there and play. But I'll have more on that coming up on Friday's show, getting you ready for Tennessee at Auburn on Saturday, the first of two games between Tennessee and Bruce Pearl in this final five-game stretch for Tennessee. So I'll get to that. I'll have more football talk for you coming up on Friday's show. I'll get you ready for the weekend. It's a fun time where we're just a few weeks away from the start of spring practice. You have the final two and a half weeks of the college basketball regular season, then March Madness arrives. We have less than 10 days to go now in February, so there's a lot going on. I'll have you covered on it right here on Locked on Vols. I appreciate you being here. Thanks to everybody who has spread the word to other Tennessee fans. It's here five days a week. Also, thanks for the ratings and reviews for the show. Uh, that's a huge help on Apple Podcasts. If you haven't done that and do have a moment to leave a rating and review, five-star reviews, of course, always appreciated. Most importantly, thanks for hanging out and listening. I'll see you again tomorrow on Locked on Vols. Oh, no.